This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. So good to be together, church, and we definitely believe that heaven is happening, that miracles are happening in our story and around us. In fact, miracles are for today. Uh, We are not going to need miracles in heaven. Every tear will be wiped away. Every sickness will be uh, gone. We will be eternal. We will be, uh, you know, glorified and in God's presence. We will have no need for for material things Uh, when we are in heaven. We can scrape the streets of gold instead of going to work. Uh, But miracles are for today where we are not yet there. And miracles are like a sample of heaven stepping into our reality, into our situation today. How many say amen to that? And we believe that. Amen. Today is a day for us to believe in miracles. It's a day to lean into God's possibilities, his purposes for us today. I want to welcome you if you're joining online, if you're joining on campus at Spring Lake Park, at Maple Grove, Elk River, uh, wherever you're watching from today, we just want to encourage you to believe for God's miracles and his power, his presence for us today. We're in the middle of a series called Moving Mountains. We're talking about how to leverage that mustard seed of faith. doesn't matter how great your faith is, how, how uh, strong you feel today. If you believe, if you're able to trust God enough uh, to, to think that he can do something in your impossibilities, that he can bring about a miracle. That's all that God needs to respond and move a mountain in your life. We've, over the past few weeks, we've talked about how the Holy Spirit will come alongside us and strengthen us in our faith. We've talked about the power of confession, of speaking the same thing that God says and the same thing that God sees inside of us. We've talked about the power of agreement of coming in alignment, in harmony and symphony with God's voice, with his purposes, with his will. And when we come in agreement together and we two or three gather and pray the same thing, God listens and he responds. And we talked about blessing, God speaking his favor into our life and then us in turn speaking blessing and favor into the lives of others. Today, we're going to talk about moving mountains on behalf of others about how our faith can have an impact and we can move mountains in the, in the lives of others. I'm reminded of a story. Uh, this happened to my family. This is pre-cell phone uh, era. So it's the year 1999 in the past millennium. Uh, I was studying in Missouri uh, and, and my family's, they're missionaries down in Argentina. And my, I found out later on that my folks got held up in their home. They uh, had been out grocery shopping and uh, I'm always hesitant to tell stories about uh, stuff like this in Argentina because then I lead mission trips to Argentina and people are like, I'm not signing up to go there, right? Uh, but hey, it ends well. And what happened is they, they, was, they were out shopping and they were followed home. It was a rainy day. They were followed home after they were pulling the uh, bags out of their garage. They didn't have an automatic garage opener. So they're out on the street. Car pulls up behind them, blocks their way out. Guys jump out, they've got guns, they take him inside of the house. And it's my mom, my dad, and then my younger brother, who was 15 at the time. And they got held up 
in the home for three and a half hours. They were locked up in the kitchen. And uh, the, it's the way this connects to our topic today, I'm going to end the story later on. I'll, it ends well, okay? I'll just give you that, at least that much. But uh, I'm, I'm, my wife and I were just talking about the power of prayer and how intercession, it doesn't, it, it's not restricted to how much faith you have, how well you pray, how, you know, the right wording, or it's just, it really is responding to God's possibilities in the middle. We might not even know what's going on, but God prompts us. He kind of stirs us up, and we're like, I need to pray about this. And God listens, and he does amazing things. So remind me to come back to that story so you don't have to make up your own ending to it. Uh, but today as we're talking about intercession, intercession is, you know, I was talking to my, my kids. My daughter was like, what is that? Is that like, uh, what is intercession? Is that like between, you know, the two halves in a, in a game? No, that's in intermission. No, the intercession is when we pray on behalf of someone else. We mediate in, in the sense of advocating in faith and in prayer for someone else. It's a tragedy to spend all of our faith on ourselves. If we only are focused on ourselves, then we're missing the point. In fact, it says in Philippians 2, verse 3, the first part, don't be selfish. Verse 4 says, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. We're meant to not be self-absorbed, to not get obsessed with our own mountains that we want to see moved. We're meant to look out for others. And as we look to others, others will be stirred up. God will awaken others to pray on our behalf. That's the beauty of how God works. He doesn't leave us isolated. He helps us to encourage each other on this journey. In fact, the, that same text in Philippians 2, if you want to read it later, I really want to encourage you to do that, uh, talks about the mindset and the heart of Christ. It says, don't be selfish. The way you can avoid being selfish is to have the same heart and mindset that Jesus had. And it describes how he, being in essence the same as God, came down from heaven to earth, clothed himself in humanity, became a servant, died on the cross for us, he served others. That's, that's a big part of what we need to imitate and follow in him is serving a living to serve others rather than to serve ourselves. And then another thing we learn about Christ is that something that he continues to do today is he modeled an example of intercession for us. It says in Hebrews 7.25, we learn from Scripture that Jesus is constantly interceding for us today and every day. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who, got, who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Now, to intercede is to reconcile. It's to mediate between two different parties. What God does, and he gives us these images throughout Scripture, there's all these powerful uh, thoughts and concepts that we can learn here. One of the clear ways that we learn about intercession is uh, the image of standing in the gap. And this is from Ezekiel 22. It says that, that God looks for someone that will stand in the gap. Think of it in terms of this, the gap between heaven and earth. And it's, and it's reaching up in faith towards heaven and reaching out in love towards the reality that we live here and mediating and connecting God's answers to the needs down on earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done as it is in heaven, here on earth, God. So if there's sickness, I reach up in faith towards heaven. I say, God, I want 
to claim that gift of healing that you speak about. And I want to ask that you would bring that gift down into this reality where there's mortality, where there's suffering, where there's pain. God, if, the, if there's a need financially, God, I, I want to reach up into your abundance of care and provision, God. And I want to intercede. And we're praying not for ourselves, but for others. So it's standing in the gap. There's another image uh, that we see in Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7. It says, O Jerusalem, I have posted watchmen on your walls. And I love this text. This is, you know, this is the inspiration for our uh, safety and security teams at, at our campuses uh, where, where they're on the watch and they're looking out for the people of God. But it says here that God has posted watchmen on your walls. They will pray day and night, continually. Take no rest, all those who pray to the Lord. Look at this next phrase. Give the Lord no rest until he completes his work. Bother him and bug him and insist and ask and ask and insist and persist until he completes his work. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? You know, you know, you're reminded of that, right? Road trips with little kids. That's, God is like, I welcome that. Bring your prayers. Insist. Bother me. Give me no rest until you see my promises fulfilled. Until he makes Jerusalem the pride of all the earth. I love these two images. Stand in the gap and stand on the wall. As you stand on the wall, you're able to see the reality of what's happening in the city. And you're also able to see the horizon of what's coming. Of the possibilities that God has. Maybe a threat. Maybe, maybe something that's down the road. But we are able to also intercede. Gain insight from heaven about what is on the horizon and what the condition in the city is. So stand in the gap, stand on the wall. Those are powerful images that we get from Scripture about praying on behalf of others and moving their mountains. 1 Timothy 2.1, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Now, intercession is it's kind of like evangelism. It's kind of like sharing hope where some people have like a, a spiritual gift that's connected to this where it just like comes naturally, flows out of them. But that doesn't excuse the rest of us from the responsibility of sharing our faith. Intercession is much the same. There's some people that they're just drawn to this. They could spend hours and hours. And then a lot of us, and I'm going to lump myself with the rest of of, of the church and of the family of God. A lot of us, I mean, it takes some intentional effort. It takes, a, you know, a determination of saying, you know what, it doesn't, you know, I don't just naturally gravitate towards this. I need to work at this. I need to make this a value and a habit in my own life so that I am not self-centered and only focused on my own mountains that I want to see moved so that I can look out for others, look out on the interests of others. And uh, intercession is, is a powerful thing. Uh, I was talking to my son uh, Santi, he's Santiago, he's 15, and, and he was telling me about uh, some, some trouble that a friend of his from school was having, and he had reached out, and they had FaceTimed, they had talked, and, and he had given some you know, advice, and they, he tried to meet up and, and help them out and encourage them, and, 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 and I said, you know, and he's just like, I don't know, nothing is working, I really want to help them out, and I said, well, you just need to pray, and, and my son said, I don't want to pray, I want to do something. And, uh, and I was like, you know what, that sounds so much like myself. Because sometimes I feel like if I'm only praying, I'm not doing anything. And uh, we're in an age, in a day and age, where, where uh, you know, cliche 
and, and polite responses to the need around us, are, it's just not going to cut it. It's not enough to say, uh, hey, you know, thoughts and prayers, you know, and you could send a little emoji and, uh, and, and send like a little bubble of thoughts and prayers, you know, fuzzy feelings sent your way, you know, and so something, you know, it's, it's, you know let's move away from polite Christianese and actually practice the power of prayer on behalf of others. Now, it's a mistake to center all of our faith on ourselves, and it's a mistake to assume that prayer does not accomplish anything, that it's only a polite thing that we just say, you know, if you're going to say you're going to pray, you, you should follow through, right? So your words and your actions need to line up. And here's what I want you to consider. This is the conversation we had in my home, is when we pray, we are inviting God's actions into the narrative. So it's not... Well, I'm praying because I actually, I'm passive. I don't want to do anything. I just want to, you know, I want to, I, I want to move away from any responsibility. On the contrary, when we pray, we invite God's actions, which are bigger and greater and better than anything that I can accomplish in my own strength. We're inviting him into the picture. And then another thing that happens is when I pray, because the book of James says you can't just say to a brother that, that is, you know, he's suffering hunger and he's, and he's, and he's uh, not clothed. You just say, God bless you. No, do something about it. Clothe him. Feed him. That's what Jesus said. This is true religion is to act on behalf of those who have tangible needs. And so it's not an either or. It's really when I pray, I gain the empathy, the hearts, the insights, the compassion, the faith, the hope that gives me my best actions on their behalf. My prayer positions me for my best actions. And so it's good to act. It's good to address needs. But it's better to be able to do so prayerfully so that we make sure that we are aligning our efforts with God's best values, his best heart, and that's going to make a bigger impact. So coming back to uh, the story of my parents, little did they know that a cousin of mine was a student at North Central University and she was, uh, she was in the middle of her day, and she just all of a sudden got this big sense of a burden to pray for, for uh, her uncle and aunt, Rocky and Sherry Grams. And she just began to pray out. She didn't know how to pray, so she began to pray in the Spirit and just began to pray and intercede for them. And, and it, just, it was like a weight that was inside her soul for a while until it finally lifted Later on, they connected. This is pre-cell phone era, right? So later on, they connected and, and matched up the times, and it was exactly the moment when uh, these, this car had blocked them in. They took him. They locked him up in the kitchen at gunpoint. Other cars came. They emptied the house. They took uh, my mom's wedding china. They took my brother's soccer jerseys. They took silverware. They took perfumes and clones. They took a computer. They took it took pretty much everything, but they did not take my family's life. And uh, everything else is replaceable. And it was replaced. And God restored and he restituted. And God blessed them beyond that. But what we saw was that in the middle of that, of that very complicated, difficult moment, they were not alone. God was with them, but he was stirring someone up in Minnesota and Minneapolis to pray about the mountains that needed to be moved on their behalf. Pray for protection. And did my cousin know how to pray? What exactly was going on? No. 
but the Holy Spirit was there to inspire that prayer that was happening. How many miracles in our own journey can we trace back to someone that was praying for us? Someone that was interceding for us. Someone that stood in the gap, stood on the wall, called out on our behalf and believed for us. And, you know, as we look at the story of Jesus, there's so many different moments. He not only intercedes today. He's not only rooting for you today. He's not only, uh, you know, excited about you making it to the finish line and accomplishing your purpose, your destiny. He also did it throughout the Gospels. I mean, I remember once in the same uh, the same sanctuary where I'm standing right now at Spring Lake Park, years ago, we were having a Hispanic service, and, uh, and I was going to teach on, on the principle of, of intercession, and I was going to talk about the, the friends that brought the, the uh, uh, paralytic on the mat. Remember that story where they, had to, they took him in, the house was full, and they broke a, a, a hole through the ceiling, through the roof, and then they lowered him in front of Jesus, and then Jesus uh, healed him, and he said, I forgive your sins, and he said, stand up and walk. And I had the brilliant idea of saying, okay, we're going we're gonna to have like an illustration to help describe this. And we're going to lower, uh, and I couldn't get a mannequin. So I, I, I made what would, be, the closest thing would be like a scarecrow, right? So I just stuffed some jeans with towels in a, in a long sleeve shirt. And I just, and I, you know, improvised a scarecrow type figure and, uh, and we had it lowered from the ceiling at the moment when I gave the cue and I said, and then they broke through the ceiling and lowered. And in my mind, it was going to be just like a, you know, powerful, epic moment. But we didn't have a real clear, like, pulley to lower. And so the thing was tied by the waist and it just kept on, like, going like that, like, right around here. And, uh, and it was so distracting. And then it kind of landed and it was kind of, like, swinging like this on its toes and, uh, and, and people started laughing. They were supposed to be moved to faith about breaking through barriers on behalf of their loved ones. And I had to just like lay him down a little while. Okay, forget about him for a little bit. We got to go back to the message. And uh, sometimes illustrations can do that. They can kind of distract rather than, than add to the message. But what a memorable moment. There's moments where Jesus would, he would pray for the disciples. They were in the middle of the sea. They were, they were struggling against the winds and the waves. But there's one story that I want to I key in on this, uh, today and, and, and really encourage you through. It's the, it's the night that Jesus is being betrayed. He's, he's going to get arrested in just a moment. They've had the last supper together with the disciples. Jesus has announced, he said, I'm, I'm going to be turned over to the authorities and they're going to kill me and then I'll be raising uh, from the dead three days later. They're not catching it. It's all going over their heads. And, and Peter, who's all heart in the best intentions, uh, he says, that's not, you know, they can all forsake you. I would never do that. I am, I'm loyal to the death. I will stand with you. And Jesus, who's been praying for his disciples, he's facing crucifixion, but he's still got time to pray for his disciples. And that's, that's the example. That's our leader. That's, that's our inspiration and our example. He says to Peter in Luke 22, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. And if you're Peter, you would have said, thank you, Jesus, because you reminded him I am on your untouchable list. Then he, you rebuked the devil, didn't you? You told him he cannot come close to me. But look what Jesus actually prayed. He said, but I have pleaded in prayer, pleaded in prayer, insisted, interceded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, Strengthen your brothers. 
Isn't it? I mean, what an amazing text. How does Jesus intercede? How can we intercede for others? Jesus stood in the gap between Peter's upcoming denial, failure, a moment of weakness and treason, and God's purpose of making him a rock, of making him a leader within the church. And he pleaded, he says, what's under attack right now is not Peter's reputation, it's not Peter's emotions, it's Peter's faith. What's going to help him get through this tragic moment of failure is faith. And God, I just pray that you would strengthen his faith, that he would not give up, that he would not stop, but that he would follow through and that he would have enough faith to pull through whatever he's going to be facing. He stood in the gap between Peter's failure and God's purposes. He stood on the wall and looked at Peter's intentions. He looked at the condition of of his best intentions were not going to be enough. He needed faith to make it through what was coming. He saw the enemy's attack on the horizon, but he also saw a purpose that went way beyond the worst failure. Jesus sees beyond Peter's deepest failure. That's how Jesus looks at us as well today. Isn't that encouraging? We often get caught up and we're like, this is the end of the story. There's no way to recover from this. But Jesus sees beyond that and he roots for us. He doesn't say, take away their discomfort. Take away, you know, hide them in a crystal box or in a cave somewhere until the bad day goes by. He says, God, strengthen their faith. He can't replace our responsibility in walking out our faith, but he can plead and intercede and we can do the same thing for others. We're not meant to pass death sentences on people. And when we see someone stumble and fall, we're not meant to say, well, that was, what a shame, you know, we will remember you uh, and, and, uh, and, and, you know, and just, and, and look back, you know, you'll come up on Facebook memories, you know, once a year or whatever. But what, what we're meant to do is to stand on the wall in intercession and say, God, this cannot be the end of the story. There's more on the horizon for you and fight and plead and pray for them that their faith will not fail. How, who do we pray for? You know, who are the people that we can pray for? We can pray for friends and family, the people that are around you. Jesus said, love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and, and mind. And then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. And your neighbor is not only uh, the rest of humanity, it's the people who are closest to you. It's the people that are within the circle of your connection and influence and, and, and uh, the, the people that you do life with. Love them, pray for them in the same way that Jesus would pray for us. Uh, there's a really practical thing I just want to point out and reference for you to take advantage of. In the manual app, we always have the notes for the message that we're speaking. And if you go into that app, there's a portion in there that has a recommended layout for how you could pray throughout this week, Monday through Sunday. So you could pray Monday for friends and family that are away from God. And there's some supporting texts. You can read the verses and pray that out. Tuesday for family and loved ones. Wednesday for your community, schools, for your neighbors, uh, for the city. Thursday for government leaders, both local and national. Friday for the nations of the world, for healing for the nations, our kingdom builders, partners. Saturday for the, our church family, pray for us, for your pastors, for Pastor Nate and Jody. Uh, and then Sunday, pray for a spiritual awakening across our land. So it's a recommended thing. You can make use of that. You, can, you know, the idea is that we can walk out the things that God builds into our life. Who are four people that you can choose, that God will lay on your heart, that you could pray for daily uh, throughout this upcoming week, that you can pray on their behalf, move mountains 
on their behalf. And then Jesus says that we are meant to pray for our enemies too. And some of you are like, okay, where's the skip ahead button on this one? Or the mute button, right? No, this is in scripture. If we're following Jesus, we're going to follow him in this as well. Luke 6, 27 and 28. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Interesting how he prefaces it. To you who are willing to listen. Uh, Pastor Nate had a great phrase earlier this week. He said, uh, preaching changes the lives of those who are willing to listen. And uh, yes, amen to that. And so if we're open and we're willing, the voice of God will resonate and it will transform our lives. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Now, I don't know if many of us could have like a, a long list. I hope you don't have a long list of enemies. Um, maybe you could call them rivals or uh, irritants or, uh, you know, people with trolls on social media. Call them what you will. But the people who irritate you, who curse you, who hurt you, our first response needs to be to actually pray for them. And uh, this is something I'm practicing in my own life because we live, what a unique year, 2020. Has, what a ride, right? And we're only halfway done. And, uh, and it, it, this is a year where things have been just polarized and, and it's just the voices are getting louder and louder on, 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 on either extreme. And, and our first response doesn't need to uh, do, you know, respond a tit for tat with a rival or an enemy it needs to be, what if we did the following? My wife and I were talking about this. Okay, you get someone who's got a very, very, like not only different opinion, but opposing and offensive opinion. And you're like, I need to set them right. Okay, what, what instead of, don't count to 10, pray for them for 30 seconds. Stand on the wall, gain some insight, stand in the gap, okay? Gain some empathy, gain some heart from heaven, and then pray for them and then craft your response to them. What if we did that instead of feeding a cycle of you know, going back and forth? Because we can win arguments all day long, but there's gonna be a wake of lost relationships behind us. And uh, this is something that we need to learn. God has placed us here as ambassadors and ministers of reconciliation. And as we're praying for people, we don't say, God, help them see the light and think like me. We don't pray that way, right? We don't say, we, what if we prayed, God, help them see the world the way you see them. They're on a journey too. We didn't wake up at the place where we're at today. It was a journey for us to get where we're at, right? And what if we prayed, God, I ask that you would, uh, don't pray, Lord, give me an opportunity to get revenge and uh, to hurt them back. And Lord, let, let, it, let it be, you know, slow and painful. No, we don't pray that way. What we say is, God, I ask that you, would, that you would change them, that you would bring healing and wholeness to them. Whatever is behind their hurtfulness, God, that you would address that and that you would bring healing. What if we had dismissed someone like Saul of Tarsus? What if, what if Jesus had said, That's a, what a pity. I invested three years in Peter and he ends up failing, you know, falling flat on his face, denying me three times. Let's not pass death sentences Let's not discard people because God is a God of redemption and he's a God of opportunity and he's a God that says the story is not done yet. So let's pray with that heart and that attitude, amen? And then let's 
after we pray, gain that heart, that perspective, and relate to people from that place of hope, from that place of grace, from that place, I'm not saying that you, that you give up on your convictions, but that you take, you arm yourself with the heart and the mindset of Christ above all these other things. We can pray for our city. We can pray for our community. We can pray for our nation. We can pray for our world, for the healing of nations. And uh, we definitely can pray for our Kingdom Builders partners in the amazing work that's happening with over 80 of them that are spread out throughout the globe. We've got a brief clip that we want to show you about some exciting things that are happening in the Arab world and how we can make a difference through prayer from here, not only across the street, but across the globe. Let's watch this clip together. I want to welcome Dick to this interview, and uh, we're just getting kind of started in here. And I just want to say hello and thank you to a long-term Emmanuel family member, really. Uh, we've been partnering with you and Jen for many, many years, and uh, as a church, we're thankful for all the work that you've done, the leadership you've brought. Thank you, Nate, and thank you, Emmanuel, for standing with us in the Arab world for all these years. We're super grateful. Yeah, I know Dick recently, God's opened a cool door. Uh, for you guys to share uh, the love of Jesus Christ and and there's some new things happening there and we love just we're, we've been hearing about it and it's exciting and we want to stand with you tell us a little bit about that yeah so the idea started you know with some of the confinement with coronavirus we know the Word of God's not chained so we thought how do we get the Word of God out broadly so we thought what if we just skip the people part that we have and go right to the online and maybe invert the process we'll start online see if we can find some people and invite them to meet when we can meet so we started a gathering having nobody and thought well let's see what we can fish for in this big pond so we started running this and my thought was could we generate prayer for Saudi Arabia and find prayer partners all over the world, praying the people in, and then framing the content so that those who are local can understand it and receive it. Dick, share with us really quick um, what it looks like to be a prayer host. What would that look like if somebody at Emmanuel said, hey, we want to be a prayer host. We want to join with you uh, for the Arab world and for the people of Saudi Arabia. So essentially the service is like what you guys have been doing. It's simulated live. We record it on video, we put it together, but the chat is live. So what we're asking is that everyone who's interested would take one hour and we can assign you as a prayer host. If there is a Saudi or an Arab speaker that comes online, the cool thing about the technology, if they're signed in in Arabic and they type in Arabic, it comes up on your computer in English. If you type in English, it comes up in their computer in Arabic. So you can actually chat live with Saudis and just answer their questions and pray for them. So essentially it's an hour of your time where you're praying for Saudi Arabia, praying scriptural prayers, praying that God would bring other viewers to watch it. And if they do, engage them through that chat function, pray for them. And if they want more, direct them to us. Amazing, wow. Wow, I can say, um, we're at Stanley's anytime that we get to hear you, Dick and uh, here in the United States. But we're apart, we're connected, we're the same family, same team. And uh, we will get behind you, continue to get behind you in prayer. And ask God to pour out a spirit with boldness and uh, that many will come to know Jesus. Yeah, Pastor Nate, Pastor Darren, we're so thankful. Thank you, Kingdom Builders. Thank you, Emmanuel, for all that you do. Every giving, every prayer, we're so grateful. We're one team, one body. We just love you guys. Man, isn't that exciting? It's exciting to think 
of the opportunity and the impact that we can have from where we're at uh, through prayer and, and the, just the powerful things that can happen. If you are interested in, in, in joining and helping with this initiative, you can email kingdombuilders at emmanuelcc.org and you'll get some more information on it. And I, wanna, I wanna end with the story of, of an answered prayer that's very recent. It's actually from the director of our world missions for the Assemblies of God, uh, Greg Mundus, and he, uh, he, he got infected with coronavirus, COVID-19, and, and, uh, and things just turned uh, to the worst in a, in a really abrupt way. He ended up being in a, a coma, induced to a coma for 30 days. His son, Greg Mundus Jr., is, he's a medical doctor, he's a spine surgeon, back surgeon, and uh, he was updating and, and, and helping to give the, pass the information along, and there was a call to prayer. Obviously, we're all uh, in our homes. We're all restricted in what we can do, maybe physically, but we are not restricted in our faith and in the mountains that we can move through prayer. And uh, in, in the Mundus family, uh, you know, as he was placed in the hospital, as Greg was in the hospital for 30 days in a, inducing coma, he was in a respirator, he had multiple infections in his lungs, and then he uh, was in restoration, isolation for another 30 days, they did the whole thing of visiting through the window from the outside, and then they had a call to prayer for, uh, you know, church leaders and missionaries throughout the world, and they put the, uh, a baseball cap on backwards as kind of a symbol of a rally of hope, and, and praying for hope to win in the midst of sickness and in despair, and God turned things around, and, uh, you know, today, Greg has, is, has been restored to full health. And, uh, and, and there's, you know, and he's also expressed his gratitude and a thanks because God turned the prognosis of inevitable death and he turned that around and he said, I have a plan for life. Beyond this trial and tribulation, I have purpose. This is not the end of the story. There is more to be lived, more to be written. And God brought about a miracle as an answer to prayer. It was the alignment and the joining of faith and prayer of many believers in saying, God, we want to stand in the gap, reach up to heaven in faith. We want to reach out to the need here on earth. We want to stand on the wall and identify what's going on, but also identify what you can do ahead of us. We want to intercede and we want to see mountains moved on behalf of our brother. And that's something that we are called to do today. You, for your friends, for your family, who are the four people that you can pray for throughout this week? that you can pray for, for miracles, for them to meet the person of Jesus, for their lives to be changed forever. And, uh, and, and when you are praying, don't feel like you're not doing anything. Realize that you are inviting God to do what only he can do. And you're also positioning yourself to have your best actions, to gain your best insight from heaven, to have heaven's heart and empathy and love as you respond to the need around you. Today is a day for us to see mountains moved. In just a moment, we're going to actually take time to, to worship at each of our locations. And during the song, I'm going to encourage you to pray and believe and call out to heaven. If you don't know how to pray, pray in the Spirit during that song and believe that God is going to bring about miracles in the lives of your friends and family and that he's going to move mountains on their behalf. But before we head into that worship song, there's something really important that I want to do. I want to speak to all those who can identify with Peter and you may have lived life with your best intentions, and you may have given it your best shot, but you find yourself that you're stuck in, 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 the, 
in the valley of your own mistakes and your own sin. And you may feel like, like it's over, like there's nothing that can be uh, restored or regained and, that, and, and it's just like, okay, you know, I ruined and messed up my chance. Well, I want to let you know that Jesus has been praying that your faith would not lack. And you might say, well, I don't even have faith. And it's a gift that he wants to give you today. There's much more beyond this point in your story. God is a God of opportunities. God is a God of hope. God is a God of forgiveness. And he's a God that today wants to give you a new beginning. And so wherever you're at, if you're far from God, you may have walked with him at one point, and then you just, for some or another reason, kind of veered off. Maybe you've never had a relationship with God. Today's a day for a new beginning, for a fresh start in your life. I want to encourage you to to take this prayer I'm going to say, make it your own, pray with me, and uh, God is listening, and he's going to do exactly what we pray. Would you all pray together with me? Let's say, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of hope. Thank you for the gift of faith. Thank you for the gift of forgiveness today, and I pray that you would make all things new in my life. Just like Peter, I want to recognize and acknowledge my mistakes and my sins. I want to repent of those. And I want to turn to you, Jesus, and receive you as my Savior and as my Lord. Walk with me every day and teach me to walk with you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 If you said that prayer, it's the best thing you could have done. It's the beginning of a new life in God. It's the best first step that you can take. I want to encourage you to take another one that's going to be super helpful because this is a journey of faith, and we all need to encourage each other on this journey. If you can text the word Emmanuel to 313131, you'll get a link with some great practical next steps and resources so that you can continue to grow on this journey. We're rooting for you. God believes in you, and so do we. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. To learn more about the many ministry opportunities we have throughout the week, be sure to check out emmanuelcc.org.